Let me see you put them up. Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog. One time for the underdog. I'm Patrick Bailey, your host of Value and today we're going to talk about 10 reasons why I love entrepreneurship and capitalism. Yes, I said it. I love capitalism, but it's going to be a completely different approach than you've ever heard in your life. You will never look at capitalism the same way ever again after this podcast. So first of all, before I get into telling you all these great things about capitalism, I want you to know that it is very naive to think that any system is perfect. I think a lot of times when people want to bash something, they're expecting 100% of people to do it right. For example, there's a lot of bad teachers in the world, a lot of bad parents, bad CEOs, bad bosses, bad journalists, bad bloggers, bad YouTube channels. There's a lot of anything that's bad that they abuse the power. They're also bad capitalists. But all of these guys give an opportunity for somebody who's a good parent, good CEO, good boss, good capitalist, good journalist to become a hero where somebody says, oh my gosh, look at the way this guy does this. So I'm not here to be naive and tell you all the great things about capitalism because I read all the negative stuff about capitalism. Here's an article. Top 10 reasons why capitalism sucks. People are unhappy. Competition, destruction, adverse selection, you know, uh, externalities, monopolies, you know, free riding, pointless cause, underconsumption, you know, inhumanity, inequality, which by the way, monopolies don't exist without the help of government. The only way a monopoly can happen is with the help of a government. This is where you see crony capitalism taking place. I'm simply talking about a system and what a system does. So here's what I want you to be thinking about. Let's talk about some of the capitalists that they don't care about, you know, the environment. They don't care about what the world looks like. We're specifically talking about environment on point number one. See, they don't care. It's like, listen, I just want to make money, man. Forget about it. I don't care if the solar is going to be dirty. I don't care if the sky's got all this smog because our cars barely pass a smog test. I don't care about that. You know what? That's perfect. That's perfect because it opens up the opportunity for a young guy that's watching this saying, oh my gosh, you know what? What if we created cars that were driven by batteries and I could put chargers all over the country, all over the world, and you just go would go charge your battery for like two hours and you go charge your battery for two, 20 minutes and you go for another 20 minutes. What if I could do that? And that guy's name is Elon Musk. And then he becomes a hero and he creates Tesla. And people who own Teslas, they swear by Teslas. People who own Teslas. I've never owned a Tesla before. Every friend that I have who owns a Tesla, it's like they're part of a cult because they feel good that they're making the world a cleaner place, right? Now, what am I saying about this? A, a capitalist that didn't care about the environment gave birth to Elon Musk. Let me give you a different perspective here. Environment. I want you to watch this commercial here. It's a two-minute commercial. Mario, let's put the link below if somebody wants to watch the whole commercial. But I'm just going to give you 30 seconds of it, and we're going to play a game. I want you to guess which company's commercial this is. Watch it and tell yourself, uh, I think it's such and such company. Watch this commercial. When we look across the globe, we have growing populations. This really puts a lot of pressure and an increased demand on water supplies. That's why we're intently focused on being good water stewards. We do that through a wide variety of, of projects. Most of them are around restoring and protecting watersheds or water resources. Maybe it's connecting floodplains to streams. They might be working with farmers or growers to implement better irrigation best management practices. It's the night and day difference between the before picture and the after picture. We're really spreading new messages about what sustainability looks like, not just for today, but even 
20 years from now. For those of you that had never seen this commercial before, in your wildest dreams, did you think that was going to be a Coca-Cola commercial? Be honest. Be honest. Did you think that was going to be a Coca-Cola commercial? Now, keep this in mind. Coca-Cola's gotten a lot of heat. Coca, right? A lot of heat over the years. In Iran, in the world, everywhere. A lot of heat. You know what they realize? They better change it up. They better start worrying about water. You know why? Because if all this water supply goes through, they're out of business. They better pay attention to the water supply in the world. They better pay attention to water being clean. They better invest billions of dollars of research to make sure water is going to be okay. Because without it, Coca-Cola doesn't exist. What does that tell you? Capitalism becomes a business that you have to pay attention to the environment or else the capitalists running the business will be extinct. Number two. Here's the next great thing about capitalism. Your vote actually matters. You know, a lot of countries you live in or states you live in, in America, there are some states that whether you vote or not, it's going to be Republican or it's going to be Democrat. Your vote doesn't matter in a lot of different places. States like California or New York, your vote doesn't really matter a lot. Illinois, your vote doesn't really matter a lot, right? So a lot of people say, does my vote really matter? When it comes to business, it does. Here's why. There is no place to go complain about a government official. Like, there's not a Yelp for government officials. There's not a Yelp for presidents. There's not a Yelp for DMVs. No DMV cares if you want to go out there and say bad things about them. Businesses, complete different story. People were unhappy with Uber. You know what happens? The following month, all the people that were using Uber, everybody went to who? Lyft, because that's how we vote. You're not happy with Starbucks, coffee bean. I am not happy with McDonald's, Burger King. I am not happy with a gym, Bally's. Used to be all over the place. Gone. LA Fitness, 24-hour fitness. Your vote matters. And businesses know. And the reason, the reason that they know how much your vote matters, they have to treat you better. Because if they don't, you may be voting for somebody else very soon. Number three. You know, I'm always curious when the person that complains about a capitalism video I make about entrepreneurship, something like that about business, the person complains. Capitalism's the worst system. And they're complaining on their iPhone or their smartphone, on YouTube, all started by capitalists. Which, by the way, this is a completely different perspective to give you for you to be thinking about. What does innovation do for you? Well, how many of you today watching this actually like what you do for a living? How many of you love your jobs? Do you love what you do? By the way, would you replace doing what you do right now versus, uh, I don't know, being a farmer? Would you want to be a farmer? Would you want to work on a farm? Let me explain to you what the conditions of a farmer is. Keto bites all day, right? Spiders, you're working with dirt, you're sweating, sun, maybe rain, you gotta work, you know, you gotta go through it, and you gotta be working 12 hour days, it's a lot of manual labor. Would you wanna be a farmer? Would you want to be a farmer? Would you? If you said no, for some of you that are watching saying, Pat, I don't get the point here. Does Pat want us to go back to being farmers and working in agriculture? Here's what I'm saying to you. In America, during colonial times, 90% of all workers in America worked in agriculture. Everybody was a farmer. Everybody. You would have been a farmer today. By the way, in 1900, 41% were farmers. In 1900, in America, 41% of all of us would be doing agriculture. I wouldn't be running an insurance company right now or you know, doing vitamin videos. I'd be on a farm. I'm a pretty big guy. I can probably pick up a lot of strawberries. Right? I can probably go on working pretty hard. I'd be a farmer. You'd be a farmer. Dirt, all this stuff, right? Outside being around it. But you're not a farmer today. Today, only 2% of 
of people in America are farmers. We went from 90% to 41% to 2% today. Are you glad? Are you glad? Are you glad that there's not a farmer today? What happened there? What happened there? That's called innovation. The capitalists said, we can figure out a better way of doing this. Let's get to work. And because of capitalists, they figured out ways to do it better. They figured out ways to make it more efficient. And that gave you the opportunity to have a different kind of a job where you can work behind a desk or whatever it is that you do out there. And you don't have to be outside 12 hours a day working hard because of a capitalist figuring out a way to add advancement and innovation that give you the opportunity to do what you do today rather than being a farmer. Number four. You know, here's another thing that capitalism did. Capitalism took us for the longest time wherever you live, you know, all over the world. Most things that we did, we were forced to do. It was forced to do a lot of things. And capitalism brought the spirit of choices. You don't have to do this. You have a choice. You don't have to work here. It's a choice, right? You don't have to do anything. It's a choice. Let me give you an example. For many years in America, everybody, you know, if you were a certain age and if America needed soldiers, you were forced to go into the army or the military. It was called a draft. And people hated it. Many of the younger generation is not going to know about it. When I was in the U.S. Army, I went by choice. A lot of people would tell me stories who were older that it used to be by force. You were drafted. And people would, oh, I'm flat-footed. Oh, I'm the only child. Oh, I have health issues. Oh, my blood type is this. I don't see very well. People would make up all these different excuses to avoid being drafted, right? Do you know why the draft went away in America? Why do we not have a draft in America today? Well, a Nobel Prize winner named Milton Friedman, who if you haven't watched any of his videos, just go on Google, type in Milton Friedman and watch every one of his debates. He's fascinating, right? He said, if America is about capitalism and capitalism is about choices, we should make the same with military and get away with draft. Why? Because if you get people who join the army by choice, you have better soldiers. Then you get people who you force to go to war. Why not let people choose to serve their country where it matters to them, then force them to go in? It's like making somebody do something they hate. The spirit of capitalism got away with the spirit of force. And that's why there's no longer draft in America. Number five. So you know how you hear this entire thing about redistribution of wealth? Oh my God. You know, socialism sucks because you got to redistribute wealth. Here's why it sucks. It sucks because it forces you to redistribute your wealth. Unlike capitalism. Let me explain. Bezos was recently interviewed and they asked him, they said, hey, how do you feel about the fact that you're worth $160 billion? He says, I don't feel bad about it because the company's worth $1 trillion and I'm worth $160 that means I have redistributed wealth to other people and made them $840 billion. <laughs> Let me say this one more time. A company, Amazon, goes from zero to a trillion. He is worth 160. He gave 84% of the company to other people. Redistribute by choice and effort and result, $840 billion of wealth is spread amongst other people that brought value or invested into Amazon. Now that is my kind of redistribution of wealth because it's by choice, 
not by force. Number six. So remember, the whole concept of capitalism is a lot of different spirits. Another spirit about capitalism is the fact that you have to improve. If you don't improve, you're going to take a hit. And this happens all the time in business, but it also happens all the time in life. How many times have you met somebody that doesn't take care of their health? They eat McDonald's three times a day. They go eat fast food all the time. They eat cheesecake, sweets, Coke, all this stuff. They smoke, they drink, and they just look unhealthy, right? And People are surprised. I can't believe this guy died at 49 years old. I can't believe this person died at 52. Now look at this other person. They live 93 years old and 99 years old and 91 years old. And for some of you that always look for the anomaly, well, I know my grandpa that smoked for 58 years and he's 92 still alive. Remember, I'm not talking about 100%. I'm talking majority. I'm not looking for a perfect formula. The point I'm trying to make to you is the following. Those who focus on improving last a long time. Business is the same way. If you don't improve your business and your name is Sears, you could potentially be put out of business by a guy named Amazon, ran by Jeff Bezos, who constantly is focused on improving. By the way, here's the part that everybody has to realize. There was a time that people said Sears will never follow bankruptcy. They overcame a World War I or II, a Great Depression. Well, you mean to tell me they cannot make it through this thing that Amazon's given them all this competition? Yes, today. No one in the world thinks Apple will ever go out of business. No one thinks today that Jeff Bezos, Amazon will ever file bankruptcy. Do you think that? Do you think they'll ever do that? Think about it. No one thinks about that, right? But that's today. If Jeff Bezos all of a sudden got comfortable, the guy that replaces him does, fast forward 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, a new company may come out that is more focused on improving and making it better for you that puts them out of business. This whole concept here is why prices went from being expensive to being cheap because somebody looks at it and says, that's too expensive of a car, that's too expensive for a book, that's too expensive for food, that's too expensive for this, I don't like the way they're doing a fast food there, that's not healthy, this is not good. And somebody else who is saying, if you look at the people in the marketplace, they're looking for healthier. If you look at the marketplace and you listen, they want speed. If you listen to the marketplace, customer service is very high. People want you to pay attention to social issues. Why don't we do that and we improve? and we'll gain the customers. Those who improve will last. Those who don't will eventually die. Number seven. So I want you to look at the list of Fortune 500 companies. All these big companies, right? Go on Fortune 500, look at the names. And here's what I want you to search. I want you to find a company that is a Fortune 500 company with one employee. <laughs> How many do you think you'll find? How about with 50 employees? You're not gonna find it. It's a lot of employees, you know why? The beautiful thing about capitalism is the capitalist starting the company needs, needs people. They need people. You see, when I was working at Bally's and I came out of the military, I had no idea what it is to work in a sales environment. I had never worked before in sales ever. I was always like this, you know, I sold hats and all this other stuff, but not an organized people come to me and all this other stuff. I worked at Bob's Big Boy. I worked at uh, uh, Burger King. I worked at Hagen Dazs and it was in the military. That was pretty much it. I got into sales. And I noticed, oh my gosh, that guy quit. That guy got fired. That guy did this and this guy did this. I said, I'm going to learn sales so much and master the scripts on phone calls, on guests coming in, on walk-ins, on telephone inquiries, on going and shaking hands with all the members they're working out. I would literally walk around Bally's and I would see somebody needs a set. Hey, John, you need a set? Yes, by the way, how's your work? I mean, how's everything? You looking good? Everything good? Family good? Anyone, your friends, remember anybody that wants a membership, you can come and talk to me. Here's my card. Hey, Larry, you need a spot. Let me hear it. Let me put your, I put my arm here. Put your feet here. Let's do the pull-ups. You got it. Two more. Come on, buddy. Let's go. I went through it and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, these guys need me. I got promoted. Can you go to the bigger club? Can you do this? Can you do that? That same principle was applied because people need people like that. 
all corporations out there need talent like this. There's this notion about saying that, well, you know, companies don't treat their people right and they don't do all this other stuff. Yes, there are those companies. But at the same time, I also know a lot of people who have jobs who are entitled, who kind of feel like, well, they got to do everything for me, yet they don't give that additional part. That's why bad employees, there are plenty of bad employees, just like there's plenty of bad capitalists. Bad employees allow the good employees who go above and beyond everybody else to constantly rise up. And eventually, if that's not going to work out in the company you're with, I guarantee you, someone's going to need you. Number eight. So I got a question for you. How long would you like to live? Honestly, how long would you like to live? What's your number? Like in your mind, what do you say? You say, I'm going to live 80 years, you know? I'd love to live 100 years. What is that age? What do you think about? How long would you like to live? And by the way, why are you not even thinking about the fact that maybe you only have two or three years left to live? What do you mean, Pat? Let me tell you what I mean by this. 1900, the average life expectancy of a citizen of the world, somebody in the world, average. You know how old the age was? 31, 1900. That's not a long time ago. That's just 120 years ago was 31. Think about that right there. By the way, 1950, 48. You know what it is today? World. This is not America. World. Today, 72 years old. We went from 31 to 72 years old. You mean to tell me in 120 years, my life expectancy increased by 41 years? Are you serious? Yes. So the question becomes this. Why? <laughs> why? Why are we living longer? Is it because global warming makes us live longer? Is it because all of a sudden the trees are better trees? Or is the oxygen we breathe better? Is the water that much better? No, it's called advancement and capitalism. Medicine gets better, we live longer. Ken Langone, one of the founders of Home Depot, wrote a book that said, I love capitalism. He's 82, 83 years old. His father, I believe, died in his early 60s. You know what he said? He said, my dad died in his early 60s at a young age. You know why? Because back then we didn't have blood thinners. Ken has been on blood thinners for a while. Because he's on blood thinners, he hasn't had a heart attack. He's 83 years old. He's still living. Still, he's on the new. But if you look at him, you tell yourself, this man's probably going to go for another 20 years. Why? Advancement. So the reason why you and I are living longer today is because somebody who is a capitalist used their capital to advance medicine, which is why you and I live longer today. Number nine. You know, if you speak to any parent and you tell them, listen, what do you want your kid to do when they grow up? Most parents will say, I just want my kid to be happy. I want him to be happy. I want her to be happy. Matter of fact, don't you want to be happy? Are you happy? You. Are you happy doing what you're doing today? You may say, yes, I am happy. But happy to you may be different than happy it is to me. Maybe happy to you is working nine to five, Monday through Friday, taking Friday afternoon off to golf, and you have Saturdays and Sundays off, because that's what happy means to you. Happy to me, that's miserable to me, right? I may say happy to me is running and gunning, working 80 hours a week, building something that's never been done before, spreading a message that's going to change the entire world. That's happy to me. Somebody may say, Pat, you're absolutely miserable. Who wants to work as hard as you do? Somebody else may say, happy to me is working for a nonprofit. You have no idea how happy I am. We go and we contribute to different areas. Every time there's a crisis all over the world, I go and I contribute. The other day there was a flood. I was in Puerto Rico. I went to Panama City. I went and contributed when the earthquake happened. That's happy to me. I only make 32 grand a year, but I'm happy. Here's the point. There isn't only one kind of happy. Everybody has a different kind of happy. The problem is sometimes everybody's imposing their happiness on you. Like, 
for you to be happy like me, you have to be doing exactly what I'm doing for you to be happy. That's not true. There's different types of happiness, right? I'll give you an example. I had a friend here, he's the number one backgammon player in the world, Viktor Ashkenazi. Okay, he originally was born and raised in Russia, lived there for 20-some years, under communistic nation, went to St. Peter's, but came to America, went to NYU. After NYU, worked at Soundgard, then goes to Goldman Sachs for 11 years. Today, he's a grandmaster backgammon player, the best one in the world. Today, and we start talking, and one of the things that came up was a story about a lady who would pick out my outfits at Nordstrom's, and I would go, would go buy it from her, right? And she was a person that was from Russia, and she left Russia because she had a son, and she didn't think her son had the same opportunity in Russia as she would in America, but she missed one thing about communism. I said, what is it? She would say, Pat, I miss the fact that after work, everybody would get home at 4 or 5 o'clock, and we would just play cards. We would play games. We'd have drinks. We'd laugh. We'd play music. Nobody worked. There was no competition. It was like everybody was just hanging out. There was none of this ego stuff. We were just together. It was so amazing to me, right? Now watch this. I said, that's amazing. Very good point, by the way. That is an element of happy to most people. Me and you included. We love our family, right? But the question we got to ask is the following. What different types of happy can coexist in communism, in socialism, in capitalism? What do you mean, Pat? Watch this. Elon Musk, what is happy to him? Happy to Elon Musk is starting a business on the moon, right? If you think about how Elon Musk is wired. Do you think Elon Musk in a communistic nation would be happy? Do you think Elon Musk in a socialistic nation like Greece would be happy? Were all these regulations there? I don't know if he would be happy. Now watch this other person in America. The person in America works for a nonprofit organization. Do you think she or he can coexist in communism that they're giving back? Probably she can coexist there. Do you think the person that's an executive here, they don't want to be an Elon Musk, but they want to work 60 hours a week and they want to make a half a million dollar year income, live in a good community. They don't want to be celebrities. They're low-key people, but they want to make a half a million. Can that person coexist in Russia or in Greece? They can't coexist in those places. See, what capitalism allows to do is it allows multiple different types of happiness to coexist because <laughs> Elon Musk can't live in America. That nonprofit person can. The one that wants to be an executive can. And the person that just wants to work nine to five and get Friday afternoons off can coexist in capitalism. This is why capitalism system allows all kinds of happy to just mesh and live together. Number 10, I want you to think about that relative that you have that judges you all the time. Every time you do something, they judge you. I can't believe you just did this. Look what you're doing. How dare you do that? Shame on you. Shame on you. How do we feel when somebody judges us all the time, right? We can't stand it. You don't like it. I can't. Nobody likes it, right? You know what's the great thing about capitalism? You know what's one of the great things about capitalism? It forgives you. It's very forgiving. And by the way, it's got a memory, like very quickly, capitalism gets over your old mistakes. What do I mean by this? See, you see a lot of people at the top that they make it, but you only see their final product. You don't see what mistakes they made. If I had to make my list, my list is a very, very long list. Matter of fact, I even made a video about it called 12 Mistakes I Made as an Entrepreneur. What's the point here? You screwed up. You built a business, didn't work out. You made a bad decision financially. You lost everything. You can go work another job, save your money, three years later, start a business and come back up. And by the way, you can fail once, twice, three times, four times, five times. The only thing anybody matters, the only thing anybody cares about is your last victory. Because you win one time, everybody forgets all the past mistakes you made. That's why capitalism is forgiven. So you're watching this right now saying, oh my God, I just failed last year. I made a big mistake two years ago. 
Capitalism forgives you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick David, And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.